are Locked On Louisville, your daily podcast on the Louisville Cardinals. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What is up, everyone? Welcome in to another episode of the Locked On Louisville Podcast. I'm your host, Dalton Pence. As always, I want to say thank you for making Locked On Louisville your first listen of the day. And just a reminder, the Locked On Louisville Podcast is free on all streaming services, five days a week, all Louisville, all the time. Over the weekend, the Louisville football program announced that they will be retiring Lamar Jackson's number 8 jersey. That occurrence will happen during the game against Syracuse later this season. Not a shock to anyone, but you love to see it happen. We're going to revisit some of his big performances. I'm going to rank the top three performances from Lamar Jackson in his career at Louisville. And then transitioning back into the current season, the Cards are past the bye week. They're heading into the second half of the schedule, hosting the Boston College Eagles on Saturday at 4 o'clock at Cardinal Stadium. I'm going to explain to you why it's hard to gauge just how good this Boston College team is. And like I do every Monday, there will be a Monday mailbag segment to end the show today. So before we get into the content, for those who are not aware of who I am, my name is Dalton Pence. I am a credential media member for Cardinal Sports Zone, where I serve as a football beat writer and recruiting analyst, and also do some PA announcing work for the university in sports like soccer, baseball, lacrosse, field hockey, etc. You can follow my personal Twitter at dpence underscore, and the podcast Twitter page is at lo underscore Louisville. So diving right on into it. On Saturday, the Louisville Athletic Department announced that they will be retiring Lamar Jackson's number 8 jersey later this season against Syracuse, the second jersey in Cardinal program history to be retired along with former Cardinal great Johnny Unitas, that 16, no longer able to be used. After Tyler Harold, there will be no more number eights in the history of University of Louisville football. But I want to talk about some of his biggest performances and even go as far as ranking them. Starting out with number three, we're going to go back to 2015, the bowl game, Music City Bowl, against the Texas A&M Aggies. Lamar Jackson had his big breakout game for the University of Louisville. 12 for 26 passing, two touchdowns. But really got it on the ground. 22 carries, 226 yards, two touchdowns. Everyone remembers that long 61-yard breakaway run and score. Averaged just over 10 yards per carry. This game really set the table for what we were going to see from Lamar Jackson in his sophomore campaign. But obviously, we didn't know that. Throughout that 2015 campaign, it was kind of a revolving door at quarterback. Lamar Jackson looked good early. Uh, stumbled through some mid-season struggles and stuff like that. You still saw Reggie Bonifon, still saw Kyle Bowen, etc. So, I mean, the the job was not won by any stretch. Now, the game against Kentucky previous, the season finale, Lamar came in and uh, toward the end of the first half and really caught the world by storm, showed off his athleticism. That was an honorable mention on this um, you know, top three list just because of how he willed the cards to victory. But Texas A&M makes it to number three just because you know it gets on that somewhat of a national stage in a bowl game and completely embarrasses an SEC defense. Everyone remembers that stiff arm against future number one pick Miles Garrett, which was huge. Overall, you know, the cards almost ended up losing that game, but in a general sense, he had an extremely solid outing in his freshman season, which set, you know, like I mentioned, set the table perfectly for sophomore season, but we were not aware of how good he was going to be 
um, you know, this game is a no-brainer on this list, and it kind of epitomizes, you know, what Lamar Jackson's career really stood for here at Louisville, and that's just, you know, an electrifying college football player that, you know, had the ability to make a house call every single time he touched the ball, and that, you know, that's something that is so rare, you know. Andy Bernard, if you watch The Office, there's a quote that really kind of, um, you know, summarized his career for me. You know, he says uh, toward the end, he's like, I wish there was a way to know you were in the good old days before you actually left them. And, um, you know, for Louisville fans, I don't necessarily think that that uh, was a true sentiment. I think we knew we were in the good old days, you know, throughout, you know, freshman, sophomore and junior year for Lamar. But, um, you know, we, we appreciate it all the way through. So moving on through the list, number two is that 63-20 to 20 win against Florida State in that 2016 campaign. College game day, rainy Saturday afternoon. I remember it being a you know, noon kickoff. We got to Cardinal Stadium very early that morning. And the performance that Lamar put on was one of the best performances from a Louisville player in any sport, you know, throughout the program. 13 for 20, 216 yards and a touchdown interception passing, 17 carries, 146 yards on the ground, four touchdowns, the most notable coming in that fourth quarter, the spin move at the end to where he did the, you know, the airplane arms. And I think it really set in for Louisville fans that the cards were going to that, hey, this is happening. Louisville is blowing out top three Florida State at home in a nationally televised game on college game day. It was huge. Now, I already know people are going to give me grief for not putting this number one. In my opinion, you know, this is the most important and the biggest win under, you know, the Lamar Jackson era, and I don't think anyone would dispute that, you know, by any means, especially, you know, it's not the fact that they won the game, it's how they won the game and how good Lamar Jackson looked. You know, people saw him do what he did against Charlotte and Syracuse, but once he broke out against Florida State in the third game of the season, it, it was, you know, all but certain Lamar Jackson was a true Heisman candidate. And, you know, Louisville was for real that year. And I think that, um, you know, for Louisville fans, this isn't something that we felt since that 2012-2013 team. But even, you know, further back than that, the Orange Bowl team, because this team proved that it was, you know, early on in the season at least, that it was a top 10 team. And um, that is something that Louisville fans desperately needed with, you know, everything that had been happening in the program with the basketball uh, scandal and stuff like that. This matchup in performance was number two on my list because number one is two games later against Clemson in Death Valley. This is the best game that Lamar Jackson um, has played, in my opinion. Um, stats may not back that up. 27 for 44, 295 yards, a touchdown, and an interception. 31 carries, 162 yards, two touchdowns. To really gauge how important this performance was, you just have to take context you know, into account. I understand the Cards did not win this game, but you cannot watch this game and tell me Lamar Jackson did not shine against a top-five team that would go on to win the national title. And not only that, but to do it on the road, college game day, Saturday night in Death Valley, it is arguably, you know, one of the one of the toughest places to play regardless. And then when you're playing them, you know, as a you know, in a top five matchup on the road at night, I mean the stakes couldn't have been higher. Death Valley was rocking. Everyone who's been says it's one of, if not the best college football atmosphere that they have personally experienced. And what did Lamar Jackson do? He didn't fall victim to the pressure. He didn't, you know, choke or anything like that. In fact, he turned heads. He put the cards in this game, they actually struggled early on and had to, to battle back. 
It was a 28-10 at the half. The Cards scored 16 unanswered in the third. Unfortunately, came very short to beating Clemson, you know, right there, you know, in, within the red zone inside the 15-yard line at the end of that game. So Lamar Jackson very easily could have ended up winning this game, but unfortunately. Clemson came out victorious, but that does not take away just how great of a performance that Lamar Jackson had in that you know game, and it just gets overlooked because I think Louisville fans don't want to revisit that because when you think about one of the losses that inflict the most you know pain in the mind, it's that one. I haven't been able to really go back and truly watch it since 2016 until recently. And, um, you know, I determined, you know, this is Lamar Jackson at his best. He's on prime time. He's in a hostile environment. And he's trading blows with the, you know, soon-to-be national champions. And in my mind, that's his best performance. But very happy for him. Number eight, you know, players come and go, but legends never leave. Very glad to see no one else ever put that number eight jersey on in the future. So let's get back to the present season. The cards are past the bye week. They now start the preparation for Boston College. The cards host the Eagles 4 o'clock Eastern at Cardinal Stadium on Saturday. I'm going to tell you exactly why it is so difficult to gauge how good Boston College is. But first, let's talk about our friends down at Prize Picks. If you're a college football fanatic, you need to hear about Prize Picks. It's daily fantasy made easy. I love it, and I know you will too. It's a leader in college sports daily fantasy, offering more college football props than anyone in the world, and offers all the star players of the Power Five, as well as the mid-major players you might not have even ever heard of. Prize Picks offers any prop you can think of, from yardage to touchdowns, even interceptions thrown. All of the people that deposit and use the promo code Locked On will receive a 100% instant deposit match up to $100. So check it out. Here's how it works. You pick two to five players and an over-under on their projections, and you can win up to 10 times on any entry, and it's you versus the projected numbers. So you know, it allows mixed sports entries as well, so you can take the over on LeBron James and combine that with the under on Josh Allen in the same entry. So be sure to use the award-winning app on both the App Store and Google Play. Entries can be made in 60 seconds or less. It is literally that easy. Price Picks is safe and offers fast withdrawals. So don't hesitate. Check out PricePicks.com and use the promo code Locked On, or go to your App Store and download the app today. Price Picks is daily fantasy made easy. So turning the attention to the Boston College Eagles. It's very tough to gauge just how good this team is. Coming into this matchup, they're 4-2, losers of their last two after winning the first four. Um, it really just starts with the schedule when it, you know, when it comes to determining how good the Eagles are. They are 90th out of 130, so not necessarily playing the toughest teams, and that kind of shows out of conference. The first four wins of the year, they beat Colgate, which is a non-major, 51-0, defeated Massachusetts 45-28, uh, at Temple, 28-3, and Missouri was a 41-34 victory. So neither of the you know first two games against Colgate or Massachusetts was anything of a threat, uh, and then Temple wasn't either. Missouri's probably the best team out of those four, and it's very obvious that the Tigers are not that good of an opponent this year. So you know you look at the ACC schedule so far for the Eagles, two losses, both of them against ranked teams at the time, lost at Clemson. 19-13, to very close game there, and then hosting NC State this past weekend, losing 33-7. to You know, when it comes to gauging how good teams are or how good of an opponent, I should say, 
you know, Boston College would be for Louisville in this situation. I always try to draw some parallels from the schedule. I know it's not the end-all, be-all because a lot of things can happen in a certain college football game that um, doesn't necessarily add up. I mean, for instance, you know, one team could play an opponent and another team could play an opponent. You know, one team wins, one team loses, and then the team that lost that certain opponent ends up beating the team that won that certain opponent. That's just kind of how, you know, college football works and sports work in general. But I think that there's some key things to, you know, use for points of reference to see how well they matched up with certain opponents. Obviously, Louisville hasn't played Clemson, hasn't played NC State yet, so there's no common opponents yet. Boston College still, you know, very young into this ACC slate. Their final however many games of the year, their final six games of the year will be to ACC opponents. Um, Personally, I think NC State is a good gauge. NC State, in my opinion, is going to win the ACC you know, at this current time, they're five and one. I mean, they look like the best team in the ACC. And one team that really throws a wrench in terms of analysis and um, previews and stuff like that is Clemson, because I simply, at this point, don't know what to make of them. They're four and two on the year, but when you look at what they've done, it, it's really just so hard to to get a grasp on everything because, you know, they lost to Georgia, which is understandable, in my opinion, the best team in the country, barely beat Georgia Tech 14-8, to lost at NC State, beat Boston College by 6, beat Syracuse by 3. So they're winning games, but they're not really scoring a lot of points by doing so. So uh, there, there's a lot of stuff going on at Clemson, a lot of injuries. Uh, DJ, the quarterback, isn't necessarily playing as well as people had hoped. And it's just hard to get a grasp on things when Louisville hasn't played Clemson yet, so we can't really, you know, give a testament to how well they've matched up. So it's really, you know, judging based upon the schedule alone, Boston College is just hard to, you know, really analyze and dissect because of what they're doing. And, um, you know, they're 51st in the country, scoring 30.8 points per game. That's close to what Louisville is doing. Uh, they're allow only allowing 19 and a half it's 29th out of 130, but then again, you have to look at that 90th out of 130 strength of schedule. It is worth noting that the cards at this point in time are a 6.5 point favorite over the Boston College Eagles. Statistically speaking, when you look at what they do on offense, only 213 yards passing per game. They average 174.3 rushing, so unlike Syracuse and um, some other opponents in the schedule, this is a very balanced offense. Um, Dennis Grossel is the leader there over Phil Yurkovec, um, 83 for 141, 957 yards, five touchdowns, five interceptions. So, you know, they're not necessarily going to dissect you in the passing game. However, I do think they have one of the top three receivers in the ACC in Zay Flowers. That's going to be a very interesting matchup uh, with possible possibly Katrell Clark. We'll talk about that later on in the week. So the passing game is respectable. You have to, you know, stay grounded, but they will really tear you up on the ground game. Pat Garwell the third, 520 yards on the season, five touchdowns. So a very balanced team in their approach. But like I said, it's just really hard to get a sense of what Boston College is all about. You know, when a team hasn't necessarily played common opponents um, in a certain season, if they played in the year past, I, I like to um, you know, go back and see what all happened in that game. And that's kind of a slippery slope to go down as well. But, uh, you know, just to draw some parallels, there's a fine line between, you know, having points of reference, but also having... You know, you know, making the um, a past a result or 
you know, a comparable schedule, the end-all be-all of why you think they're going to win a certain game. Louisville last year lost uh, 34-27 to Boston College, the um, game in which the Cards, you know, like all year last year, struggled to hold on to the ball. You were knocking on the door late, but turnovers really um, pushed the Cards back in that one. So I ultimately thought that Louisville was the better team in that matchup, and it seems like you know Vegas thinks that they're the better team this year. I do as well. Um, but like Virginia, you know, Virginia was a team that Louisville was supposed to beat, but at the end of the day, didn't handle their business in the fourth quarter. Boston College obviously not going to come into this game with as you know premier of a passing attack, but very balanced. You're going to have to respect the run more. I'm excited for this matchup, but this is one that Louisville has to win if they want to make a bowl game. Um, obviously, theoretically, you know they can win any of the you know the final six, you know any three of the final six where they need to you know at least split to get a bowl game. This is one of the you know, easier games remaining. I think it's right there with Syracuse and, you know, tied for the second easiest game, you know, right behind Duke. Um, what the Boston College team is doing, I think that is it's a very winnable game for Louisville. Turnover-wise, I mean, they're only, you know, averaging, you know, about, um, you know, a turnover in a quarter, and they're giving up a turnover in a quarter. So, you know, they're, you know, they have a very slim plus differential in the turnover margin. So they're a team that's not really going to beat themselves, but they're also, you know, not going to be a, a true defense that is going to, you know, make things that much difficult, you know, despite being 29th in the country total defense, because like I mentioned, this is a team that has not really been tested throughout their schedule. They went 4-0, yes, but they play teams that none of those are probably going to make um, you know, any noise this year, Jeff Halfley is a coach that I respect, you know, his players, it's very obvious they want to play for him. Um, he gets the guys fired up. So they play hard. They're like Virginia, like Wake Forest. Um, you know, if, if you let them, they're going to make you pay. So you have to, you know, if you get a lead, you have to stay on the gas. This is an opportunity where I think it, it might be tough for the Boston College defense to, you know, to, to shut down Louisville outside of NC State. This is the best offense that they have played so far. So, but like I mentioned, with the, you know, bad strength of schedule, the statistics that don't really jump off the page, it's a rather balanced attack. It's just hard to gauge how good of a team Boston College is at this point. But we're going to you know, dissect their team and personnel later on in the week as we inch closer to the game. Um, we're going to now dive into the Monday mailbag segment of the show. Before we do that, let's talk about our friends down at Built Bar. Built Bar is the best tasting protein bar on the market. This week only, you can get the limited time flavor cookie dough chunk. The Built Bar com has many delicious flavors and there's a ton of variety you know anywhere from coconut to double chocolate you know cherry to mint brownie salted caramel to peanut butter brownie I mean the spectrum of flavors is actually incredible if you haven't tried all the flavors or you don't know where to start you can get a mix box where you'll get two of each of the nine flavors not only are built bar flavors the best tasting but they're healthy as well most of the flavors have 17 to 18 grams of protein only 130 to 180 calories four to five grams of sugar four to five grams of net carbs nine amazing flavors all tasty all healthy so do yourself a favor go to builtbar.com and use the promo code locked 15 and you'll get 15 percent off your first order once again that is using the promo code locked 15 for 15 percent off at builtbar.com all right so we are doing the Weekly Monday mailbag, and the first question, actually both of these questions are 
very solid, and I, I wanted to get in-depth with both of these. The first one is, how important is local recruiting to the Louisville football program when you know there might be better players down south? You know, is the quote-unquote local pipeline being overblown a little bit in theory? I think that this is a good question because, yes, I mean, in recent years and however long I've been a fan of Louisville, you know, most of the time athletes from Georgia and Florida and down south are, you know, historically better than the ones in Louisville. You know, Kentucky, you know, Kentucky as a whole doesn't produce a ton of top talent. But what I tell people is, you know, there's always a couple players, you know, every couple years that really come out of the city or even the state as a whole and they show out. And I think that that is the key thing we need to focus on because, you know, for Louisville to have a pipeline into the backyard, first of all, it's a, you know, it's a pride thing. Being able to have, you know, hometown players in your program, I think is a staple that not only the Louisville football program, but also, you know, programs across, you know, the university athletics wise, you know, have really used and have been pinnacles and uh, very solid contributors to certain teams. And I think that, you know, although, yes, for the most part, players from Florida, Georgia, you know, three stars from those states are going to be better than three stars from Kentucky, you know. It just kind of is what it is. But, you know, every so often you have those players that really show out. You know, James Quick, you know, he had a very solid career for Louisville. Reggie Bonifon was great. Rondell Moore went to Purdue and, you know, got drafted in the second round, and he's looking phenomenal. I mean, there's players, you know, going down the line. J.J. Weaver, who's at Kentucky right now, he's very solid. Um, You know, you can name off, you know, however many players you want. And at the end of the day, that's why this pipeline is so important because, yes, you know, for every five local players that you bring in, you know, maybe two or three, you know, hit per se. Maybe they live up to expectations. But, you know, at the end of the day, it's all about, you know, creating that pipeline. So when the players that are, you know, the real deal, when they come up out of the city and being able to have that pipeline to go to when they do come to Louisville, it makes that worth it. You know, I'm not saying that every player from Louisville is, isn't going to live up to expectations, just like I'm not saying that every player from Georgia and Florida is not going to live up to expectations. We can't have that mindset. But I think it, it is you know pivotal for this program to get back to having you know a grasp on the hometown recruiting because, first of all, Outside of the city, Louisville's not going to have a ton of success. It just is what it is. You know, the team down the road in Lexington has done a great job. You know, Mark Stoops, Vince Morrow and company have done a great job in securing the state recruiting-wise. And, you know, they have more success on the field right now, so I think it's easier to do that. Louisville at this point in time needs to get back to that local pipeline because there's a lot of guys in these next coming classes that are the real deal. I mean, we talk about Selah Brown all the time, the defense alignment from Mail, but there's also other really good players in that program. I mean, you have Vinny Anthony, who's going to Wisconsin, and he's very solid. Um, you have, you know, Jeremiah Monroe, uh, William Spencer. You have those guys, you know, coming out of next year's class. There's, you know, very, you know, good kids from St. X, from PRP, from Manual. From, I mean, there there's talent all over the city, and whether or not they're Louisville level kids is up to the staff and I'm not saying that you have to take every kid from the hometown that wants to come to Louisville you know no questions asked because that's not what I'm saying but I'm saying is you know the local kids have to be prioritized 
you know, in a sense of, okay, look, you are in our backyard. Why don't you come to us and be a hometown hero? We want you here. That, that That's what it's all about. And I'm not saying the staff hasn't done that, but, you know, let's be honest. You know, the Cardinals haven't necessarily recruited good locally since, I mean, Bobby 1.0. I mean, they did okay in, you know, Charlie Strong's tenure here. Bobby 2.0, not necessarily all that good. Uh, and then Satterfield, you know, outside of guys like, you know, Jordan Watkins and, you know, Marshawn Ford, there haven't necessarily been you know, a lot of guys that have come through the city of Louisville and come to the Cardinal program. That That's what a lot of people are, you know, upset about. And I agree because at the end of the day, because there's a lot of hometown talent coming through, you have to reestablish that pipeline to start getting these guys again. And um, I, I'm excited. I hope, hopefully that'll, you know, shift coming into the next recruiting class and we'll be able to take a look at that here in about a year or so. The next question is, is this game against Boston College a must win? In a very literal sense, no, because you have five, you know, games after this. If you, I, I assume you mean, you know, is this a must-win if you want to be bowl eligible? You know, the answer literally is no, because you have five more opportunities to win three games. In a context standpoint, yes, this is a very much a must-win game because you know I think Syracuse and Duke are going to be wins for the Cards that puts you at five wins. You then have NC State, Clemson, Boston College, and Kentucky. Um, until we beat Clemson, I'm not going to predict a Louisville win over Clemson. Um, that's just kind of how my mindset is. NC State, in my opinion, is the best team in the ACC. I think the cards going there on the road is going to be very tough. And then you know Kentucky is a top 15 team. I don't see the cards beating them. So Boston College, in my opinion, is the team that Louisville has to win against. It's, it's a game you'll like Virginia that you have to handle business. And if you don't, it's going to sting. And don't get me wrong, all six of these games in the remainder of the season are quote-unquote winnable games. If the cards handle business, if the defense is able to make some adjustments and the offense looks like they did in the you know previous four games, there's not a game on the schedule that Louisville can't theoretically win. But until Louisville makes those adjustments, until they show that they can play a full four quarters of good Louisville football, I I just can't comfortably make the you know prediction that they're going to beat NC State or Clemson or Kentucky. I think they're going to beat Duke. Syracuse has shown that they are you know a way better team than they were last year. So that's going to be you know a tough game for them. But I think the Cards come out victorious. And Boston College is the other team that I look at as like, hey, this has to be where Louisville gets the win because it's going to be one of the best opportunities for Louisville to win. So overall, we talked about Lamar Jackson's top three performances as a Cardinal, um, discussed why Boston College is such a hard team to gauge how good they are, and then we conducted the weekly mailbag segment for the Locked on Louisville show. Tomorrow will be more Boston College. We're going to dive into some positional comparisons and talk about how each team stack up you know, through the positions. And before we get out of here, as always, I want to give a couple shout-outs to some different podcasts. The first one being the Cardinal Sports Zone podcast. The recent episode dropped yesterday. Go check that out at cardinalsportszone.com. I unfortunately was not able to be in attendance, but I've listened to it. It's great content. The guys talk some bi-week things, and they do some previewing for the Eagles. Go listen to that different perspective there. A lot of great minds at that table. And as always, the Locked on ACC podcast, we talk about it being hard to gauge how good these teams are. And I think host Candace Cooper does a great job of breaking each team down. She has a great grasp of the Atlantic Coast Conference landscape. So you can check that out on the Odyssey app or wherever you like to get your podcasts. And as always, 
want to say thank you once again for making Locked On Louisville your first listen of the day. It's free on all streaming services, five days a week, all global, all the time. That's going to wrap up this Monday edition of the show. Everyone have a great start to your week. Kick it off. Make this week your best week yet, and we'll see you right back here tomorrow.